Hey everybody, it's Angie Atkinson, mm -hmm. and I'm here today with B Rad Celebrity Stylist, welcoming you to an exciting episode of the Empowered Empath. Today is on. Oh, um, <laughs> dang it! <laughs> so today we have it's mindful attraction for the relationship you want. So if you notice, Angie and I are both wearing red today because it's a love show on the Empowered Empath. <laughs> That's right. Like we called each other or something, right? <laughs> All right. So while we're waiting for our chat to pop up, I'm just going to remind you, my name is Angie Atkinson. And on this channel, we I offer free daily video coaching mm -hmm. to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. Hello, Jillian. Hello, Rick. Hello, Malta. Okay. Good morning, Kirsten, Tiffany, Dima. We're going to jump right into our content. Shall we, Brad? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Let me pull her back up. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> so today, as Brad so kindly filled you in on, we are talking about mindful attraction for the relationship that you want. So everybody has the kind of relationship that they want to have in their minds, don't they? Sadly, what we often get in reality is nothing like the one that we think or the one that we want. When we get into a relationship, we discover either that mm. the connection we sought or thought we had wasn't there, or we feel like we're not getting our needs met or we're dealing with a narcissist. Exactly. And how often do you hear about a relationship that's ended when someone wasn't happy anymore? Uh, you can practice mindful attraction to get the relationships that you want, that even if you haven't already in a relationship with some somebody you currently care about. Yeah. And what mindfulness does is it prepares you to become good at communication. So this is the key that derails most committed relationships. And it's the key that often ends potential relationships before they even get off the ground. Yeah. With mindfulness, what you learn to do is to really hear what the other person is trying to say. In relationships, people are prone to focus on what they want and what they think or, or even feel. Mm -hmm. For sure. By not mindfully listening to the other person, you miss clues that can have that can help you to build a strong relationship foundation. So you might also miss clues that can attract the right relationship to you. The relationship so when you pay attention to the other person, obviously you're gonna tune into their thoughts and feelings, and as empaths, that's what we do. Exactly. And this generally enables you to connect with the other person. It makes them feel appreciated and connected to you in return. Mm -hmm. When you practice mindfulness, you can attract the relationships that allow you to accept people for who they are. Exactly. It is so much easier to do because mindfulness first leads you into learning how to accept yourself and love who you are, which we all need to do. You are then able to care about other people more easily, and it allows you to accept the other person's faults and all <laughs> the other person faults at all, right? Without thinking that you need to fix their flaws. Again, this is not in reference to narcissists. We can't fix them anyway. Go ahead. <laughs> no, exactly. You'll be able to think about the other person in a positive light and see the good in them. Mindfulness shows you how to keep your focus on the present when you're with the other person. Yeah. And too often when we are with someone, we are so busy thinking about what we have to take care of or what we're going to say next, that we're not allowing ourselves to simply just experience the moment with that person. Exactly. When you, you know, when you hug, when you kiss a person, when you're in a relationship with, focus on the moment, on the sensations. Uh, not only this will help you have positive feelings about the person, but it can keep the spark alive in a relationship that's a long-term one. Right. So when you practice mindfulness, it allows you to feel empathy for the other person even more so than you normally might. You're going to be able to be more compassionate when they're struggling rather than judging them or criticizing them. Exactly. And, and this final note is, you know, and I think you'll all like that mindfulness makes you attractive or attentive, actually, to the needs of others, which is which in turn attracts the kind of relationship you want. So basically, I hope you enjoyed our content now. So when, you, when you're mindful, um, I think it's important. So we're going to go back to Angie, and then we're going to start our dialogue with our audience here. And welcome, everybody, today. And let's go. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey. Yes, hey. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, obviously, not all of us in this chat are going to be ready to jump into new relationships. But some people are here because they are in relationships 
with narcissists who are not their significant others, like their parents or their siblings or someone at work or a friend. But I think what's really important to know is that being aware now, knowing what you know about narcissists, knowing what you know about being an empath, this, this mindfulness can just give you a little extra oomph when you're looking for that next relationship, right? Exactly. I think mindfulness is so important. It's something, I don't know if we learn or we see, but it's something that, you know, being mindful and always being present in the moment, I think is going to help with any kind of love relationship, whether it be romantic relationship, one with your friends, your spouse, uh, your kids, your friends, um, anybody, as long as you're in the moment for the moment all the time, I think you can experience the most bliss and joy in your life. Absolutely. And I think love is really the, you know, pure love, like what Brad's talking about is the kind that, you know, we all need to be emitting at all times, so to speak, because it draws more of that to ourselves and our, our kids and our pets and our, you know, healthy loved ones are often the best people to express that too. So that's excellent. I totally agree with that. All right. Should we hit the audience now, Brad? Hey, let's do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we have... Let's Jillian, Rick Vash, Malta the Awesome, Mod at uh, Chad, I can't even talk, Chat Mod. <laughs> oh, thank you, Malta. <laughs> Kirsten Mills, Tiffany Petak, she says she's a new sub here. Well, welcome, Miss. Amazing. Yeah, welcome, you. welcome, welcome. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Dima Chevetz yeah. is here. Hello, Dima. Hello, Jillian. Mm -hmm. Shelly Thomas says, hi, everyone. Mm -hmm. Love the topic. Awesome, Shell. Glad you're here, girl. Mm -hmm. And Malta says, good morning, Angie and B-Rad. Hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kira, yes, definitely applies to friendships too. Would you agree, Brad? Exactly, exactly. Mindfulness, I think, goes right across the boards. Like Andy said, even with your animals, because for a lot of people, an animal is probably sometimes more family than your actual family, or you get more love from your, your pet than you do from your spouse. Yeah, pets are kind of cool with that whole unconditional love thing sometimes, you know. Although, let's be honest, cats are totally conditional. <laughs> they are, and they spite, and they plot, and they, you know, I mean, they also teach a lot of great lessons. They do. Well. They yeah. do. I love my cats. I can't, couldn't live without them, you know, but they're, yeah. they're sassy. <laughs> yes. All right, let's see here. We have Tommy D in the house. He says, good morning, B-Rad, Ange, and all. Hey, hey. <laughs> Andrea Saunders is here. She says, hi, guys. Hope you were all great. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Rose Hargrove says, we look hot. Hey, Rose Hargrove. Ooh, thank you. <laughs> we like to look hot. Yeah. Is, it, is it the red, the power color? Might be, might so if you red. wear a color, I, actually, if you wear a color that you feel confident in and you feel attractive in, you're going to put that energy out and you're going to attract people naturally just by the color you wear. I, th I think that's totally true. Yeah. I think it's also important to know what colors work for you. <laughs> like, like I always joke around and I say red lipstick can work for everybody, women, I guess, or some guys, I don't know, but you just need to pick the right shade for your skin. Right. I don't know. Maybe this is a little dark for me. Anyway. I actually love it. It's great. It's okay. great. Yeah. It's a, it's a blue red. So it's perfect. That, yeah. That's the best for the teeth. I think too. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so if y'all want to make your teeth look whiter, just a little hint for me and, you and our, our stylist, our celebrity stylist. Yes. Brad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tammy Jones says, hi guys. Hey, Tammy Jones. And let's see. Sue Cronard in the house. Good morning, Sue Cronard. How are you, honey? Mm. Andrea Saunders loves the red. We love it too. Mm. <laughs> and uh, Julie, you guys want to know a little secret? Really? We didn't even plan this. We just both happen to be in the red because we're that connected. How about that? We are. We are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Jillian says, good morning, Malta. Ro Frankie Robertson <laughs> says, good morning, Queen and the crew. Hey, Frankie. <laughs> um, Let's see, Brian Garner and his beautiful face are here. Hello, love, how are you? Mm -hmm. And we have Andrea saying hello to Malta. Oh, Jillian says, yep, from stud to dud all. <laughs> Eddie Knows is in the house. <laughs> hey, Eddie Knows. He says, hi, hope you guys are well. We are well. <laughs> Tiffany P. Tack says, Malta, do you know if Angie has an email? Yes, Malta, I'm sure you gave her that, but it's angyatkinson at gmail.com. Freedom Lee is here. Hey, girl. Hey, how you doing? She says, good morning, Angie Survivors and B-Rad. So glad you're here to help us. Yes, indeed. And let's see, Malta. Thank you. Yep, he already did it. I don't even know why he's right. Malta's on top of that stuff. <laughs> he is. He is. Yeah, yeah. 
Jillian says, I missed the clues that the guy was bad. Yeah, but see, Jillian, the difference now, and I understand totally that you're too scared to think about another relationship. The difference now is that you have the knowledge that you have. You have done the research. And if you're not ready, that's okay. You don't have to be ready just yet. You know what I'm saying? Malta, did you get my email today because I couldn't find my phone to text you? <laughs> I was running a little late. Eddie No says, hi, Andrea. Okay, let's see here. Tiffany says, thank you, Malta. New sub and victim of narc abuse. Still in habitation with a narc and special needs child. Looking forward to healing. Yeah, Tiffany, just so you know, since you're a new sub, on Tuesdays, I'm here twice. I'm here in the morning with B-Rad. And then I'm here in the afternoon around 1 p.m. Central Time for you guys to do our regular support session. So twice on Tuesdays. <laughs> Let's see here. Andrea says, I hope you all had a good night. Yes, I did. How about you, B-Rad? Yeah, a great, wonderful rest. Yeah, yeah. live and, and energetic today. And I'm, I'm excited to, to dive in and see what our audience has to say about, about love. And just because we're talking about love doesn't mean exactly like you have to dive into a relationship. It's okay. getting yourself ready for one. And nobody says the first person that you meet, you have to date and automatically be in a relationship for. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And and that's something that I think we can all take a, that's a great point. Because when we go through abuse, sometimes we feel like, A, we can't function without someone in our lives, right? And B, we feel like either like Jillian feels, I never want to be with somebody again, or we feel like we need to just take whatever comes to us. The thing I want you guys to do is fall in love with yourselves. Mm -hmm. and recognize that you deserve the very best and if that means you have to wait a couple of years or a month or 10 years to find the right person that's okay just have fun in the meantime you know what do you think about that exactly i mean self-love is the biggest thing and if you watched us last week we t i talked about something about doing an exercise so if you guys from last week have done it it's amazing if not um the exercise was to write three love three love letters one to your uh, inner child, second one to your present self, and third one to your future self, so about 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. um, I have something that I did for you guys. It's actually free content that I posted. I'm just going to show this. So I, I'm on teachable.com. So BRAD Academy, so you can go for free. So I made a free mini e-course on how to write those letters. So one to your you one go. to your inner self, one to your, your present self, and one to your your future self. So especially if you don't know how to do it, this is a quick little free little mini e-course. You sign up, it's free, doesn't cost you anything. And it's just a gift to you guys. Just for me. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me in the Facebook uh, messenger with that and I'll put it in the chat for them yep. if you want the links. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see here. And then we have, uh, let's see, Malta is saying good morning to everybody. Andrea says, is Jamie B here? I haven't seen Jamie B in a few days, Andrea. Um, Sarah Kay says, I'm a licensed massage therapist and I've gone no contact with my narcissist. I had a client last night get inappropriate with me first time ever. Is it my energy now? No, it's not your fault, um, Sarah Kay. That's not your fault. I suspect that that person was the person at fault. Maybe you, you, maybe you feel a little vulnerable because you're alone, um, but I want to tell you that it's not your fault and you should not take the, the responsibility for that. Um, I think now that it's happened, though, maybe you want to put certain things in place. And B-Rad actually might have some better advice on this because he actually is in a similar, not the same, but have you ever had a client get inappropriate with you, Brad? Yeah, actually, for me personally, um, and it happens to hairstylists, because when you're sitting in the chair having your hair done, sometimes that elbow goes out a little bit too far, <laughs> you know, and, and, and some, some businesses touch in some other business. But for me personally, <laughs> I'm trained in hair aesthetics, massage, and holistic. So I understand where you're coming fully. I think what it happens with massage therapists is because you're offering a healing therapy, um, but it, but it's tough, especially if it's a male client, because um, male clients they have a they physical have physical reaction. Um, th that's part of it because blood flows. But the other part of the mental part of it is usually it's either ment uh, medical in our brain or, or physical in our brain. So when massage is that in between one, because the the touch is healing, but it's also you know I mean uh, therapeutic. A lot of times you'll get people, and I've had this happen to myself, when you're massaging people because you're so caring and you're so loving and you're about healing, it's something for a lot of people hmm. that they've never had before, that type of touch. So a lot of times they'll take that touch and, tr and move it towards you know, something else. Misunderstand so it. 
Exactly. So that's in its most innocent form. And yes, we do get other people in my business. We always had a female therapist for a female client, a male therapist for a male client. Reason is just to to diffuse any of that kind of stuff. And if they're there for the uh, session, then that's what they're there for. It shouldn't matter if the the therapist or male, male or female, but we just trying to cut down on, on those kind of stuff. Same with any kind of personal uh, services as well. Do you have any tips for her to help her to avoid that in the future? As far as like, if she is working with a male client, so she won't feel scared. Yeah. So, so basically, I mean, there, there's a little things you can do. You know I mean kind of set boundaries before you start. It is a professional session. You are a professional. Um, you can leave the door slightly ajar if you other if you have other uh, co-workers there that they're nearby, or if it is a, a real issue, you can also have like a call button in your room or something like that's that. Cool. Or you just excuse yourself and you leave. Session's ended. No, yeah. no, that's it. Because that's what we used to do. If somebody was in, uh, inappropriate, their session ended right there. I think that's a great idea. And maybe mm -hmm. even to, to put some sort of uh, literature on your website or whatever, however mm -hmm. you get with your clients and, and you like a, a statement that says, you know, this is a legitimate business. We do healing massage, but, you know, inappropriate, you know, I don't know. I'm sure yeah. there's a way to verb. Yeah. Mas massage itself is very difficult to market because there's so many here in Canada, the same probably in the U.S. of these massage type places, but they also offer extra where you know when a, a legit you know rmt is doing it so you know i mean it's I, I i would put it more like that just to make sure it's very clear that they understand during your assessment you know in a polite way because not everybody's creepy <laughs> but but For it's, sure. but it's right. a good way to qualify your client or a good way to assess them first uh, yeah. Have a couple of minutes talk with them. If you find you think there may be an issue, then just say, thank you very much. I don't think we're a right fit. And they can find another therapist. Then yeah. That could probably suit their needs. Yeah. But like, for example, on, on my website for coaching, I have a statement where I say, you know, if you basically, if you miss your appointment, we'll reschedule it, but we don't do a refund if you miss your appointment. Mm -hmm. And, and so like something like that, you know, what I was thinking is like, because you don't want to have to a refund somebody if you have to walk out of their session because they grab your butt, you know what I mean? <laughs> or because they do something inappropriate. So I, anyway, that's just my thought, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm not in that business, but I know that, you know, yeah, I mean, sometimes it does happen by accident. Somebody's sure. arm will brush or something like that. That's fine. But if you know intentionally that, right. that they're doing it, I think, I mean, trust your gut. That's sure. the best way to go. If you are an empath, you know what I mean? You yeah. know in your gut if it's real or if it's a, a just, a, I mean, if you let it go the first time it happens again, then yeah, zero right. tolerance. Right. Let them go. And, and I'm guessing that she, she's saying he got inappropriate with her. I think it, I feel like she understands it was intentional based on okay. what she said. I could be wrong. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway. No, but that, yeah, just, just make the line clear. And if, if that client, you know, I mean, you can fire your clients. It's yeah, okay absolutely. to fire your clients. That's right. That's right. All right. Julia Richardson says, I'm here. I don't put labels on things, but a lot of indigos, rainbows, and crystal children go through a phase where they are surrounded by bad matches or bad luck to develop their power. I'll tell you something, Julia. I think there's something to that. I do believe it 100% because, you know, I used to think when I was when I was younger that the reason I could understand people so well and read their faces so well and their energy so well was because I needed to be able to do that as a child in order to sort of prevent certain things from happening to me in my life. If I could read a person's face, I would know if that person was going to do something that was going to make my life suck. And maybe I could remove myself from the situation. So I believed that that was the reason that I became an empath. But I think, you know, I think there's more to it than that. And I think you're, you're honest. I mean, what do you think about that, Brad? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was actually just at a seminar, two day seminar this weekend where we actually learned how to read like eye movements. So you can tell if people are lying, if they're thinking, yeah. if they're going back in their past, if they're constructing stuff, they're making things up. Also body language, also handwriting tells so much about people where their uh, self-esteem is, you know, uh, th things like that. Mindfulness is a, is a big thing as well. You know, yeah. but I'm with you on, on this one, Angie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And guys, I'm just going to about to paste uh, BRAD's teachable link here into chat for you um, so that you're aware. Okay. But yeah, I think I think there's something to being, you know, going through struggles, especially in relationships, because I think it does help you to develop your ability to understand 
and have empathy. I'll tell you something else. I've had some really hard lessons in my life, you know, where I went through these times where I was feeling judgy. Like, for example, here's a really quick story for you. Before I, before I had my first child, I was pregnant working at a photography studio. I was a photographer in college and right after. And this... <laughs> <laughs> it's I all coming this, back now <laughs> it's, so funny. it's so funny i had this idea in my head my kids never gonna act like that that's what i kept saying my kids never gonna i can't believe these people you know carrying their screaming two-year-olds out of the you know well my first child humbled me on so many occasions well the first time he did it he was just a few weeks mm -hmm. old and i finally realized that my friend who i had judged for saying being a mom was hard uh, with her new baby who was a, about six months older than mine. Um, I had judged her while I was pregnant. I did. I judged her and I'm like, she doesn't know what hard is. I literally called that girl up and apologized for thinking that about her. I never even said it to anybody else. I just thought it to myself. I thought, mm -hmm. whatever, she doesn't know. She knew. And, and that was the beginning of this. I, this child <laughs> has humbled me and caused me to be to lose my ability to be judgmental because he has been from that moment, <laughs> the great humbler. That's all I'm going to tell you. Mm -hmm. All right. But I'm, and it continued to go on throughout his life, which is thankfully still going strong <laughs> at 20 years old, but he has his, he has been the catalyst for me to lose the need or the ability to judge anyone for almost anything. I'm not going to lie to you. If you, molest your children or hurt your children physically or or you you hurt people for no reason I'm totally judging your ass for sure mm -hmm. but if you if you come honestly like you mean it like it you know and you're just doing the very best you can do and sometimes life gets hard and stuff sucks and you might not be perfect you know who who are we to judge anyway all right moving right along Brad anything <laughs> to add to that <laughs> yeah no exactly we all have stuff in our lives we all have stuff it doesn't matter how pure and innocent you are and you've had the great childhood and a wonderful life we all have stuff if it's not physical stuff stuff in your mind and it shows you how powerful thoughts are and that thoughts become things because yeah. basically with your mind your mind can't tell if the situation is real or it's imagined so it assumes everything is real so when you put it out there as the type of partner you want, or I'm in this kind of situation or whatever. So, if, so a lot of it, you're just creating your own life. And, and by putting that judgment on someone else, a lot of people like to call out other people when it's something that actually really has to do with themselves. They're just projecting it onto others. Yeah. And I'll tell you something I did. Um, this is kind of weird, but back to the love thing. Um, <laughs> after I got through my, my toxic marriage, with my first husband. Um, I spent about four years trying to figure myself out, I guess, before I got really involved with anybody else. Um, but about two weeks before I met my current husband, um, who I met in 2002, uh, yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we I, I sat down and I wrote myself like a, almost like a manifesto of the type of person I wanted, a list a list very specific in qualities. I wasn't talking about physical qualities at all. I was just talking about the type of person I was looking for. And I literally, two weeks later, I met this man and he's almost like even today, if you go back and you look at the list, it's pretty much that guy. And so I really believe there's something to intending, like just like Brad said, intending what you want and, and you get it if, if you stay focused on that. I knew that I wanted someone in my life who would be willing to be a father to my child, who would be strong, have his own opinions. Boy, does he have his own opinions. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, but also yeah. who would support me emotionally and help me to be, you know, who I am. And he, he mm -hmm. literally helped me to be here with you in so many ways because he, you know, his income when I first left my corporate job helped me to start my business not directly so much as I didn't have to you know he could buy the food and pay the bills while I started my business you know mm -hmm. so that was a really good thing for me at the time but um you know but certainly the, that works intention works okay moving right along Emily says hello Angie and B Red hey girl hey and she says on this topic I believe I've attracted some someone very much like myself from back before I met my ex narc I wished to go back to me and finding and find an understanding love this time interesting you know 
So tell me more about that. Are you saying that this is a, a current situation now that you like rebrought this person back to your life? Certainly that can work. And she, I like the idea of going back to me and finding an understanding love this time. That's a really beautiful. What do you think about that, Brad? Yeah, you, you always have to connect with yourself. And as I say, power, the power of thoughts have, you know, especially when you have intention. And I don't think anything is a mistake. Everything happens for a reason. And if a person keeps crossing your path, there must be a reason for it. You're yeah. like, because if that person is not at the same vibration or not in the same, same process or whatever you're putting out there, the more focused and the more clear you are as, as opposed to what you want. So perhaps this person has the same feeling and, you know, for you, but the best thing is exactly know yourself first, love yourself first. So you can share that love and not get duped by finally somebody loves me and I'm just going to jump into that relationship because I have someone that's going to care about me. It doesn't matter if they treat me like crap. I have someone. Yay! That is so <laughs> insightful. And I, I mean, we're being funny about it, but how many of us can relate to that feeling mm -hmm. had in our from our past? I mean, I know I can. <laughs> Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Yes, totally. Okay. Uh, Frankie Robertson says, Andrea, it's, and she's our, our massage therapist says, Andrea, it's not you, it's your slimy client. I totally agree with Frankie. Uh -huh. um, yeah. Um, and, and I also agree with what Brad said and how the physical touch could affect a person to be maybe different than they would be in real life. Mm -hmm. But still, <laughs> I agree yeah. with Frankie. Yeah, it, it just gives, yeah, it just gives the other, yeah, the, this guy is probably totally a creep, but as I say, it's just a natural way that, that most men, I'm not saying all, most men's their minds work. No, so there's not medical. It has to be sexual. And right. for being a massage therapist, there's that fine line in between. And I think what it is, it's just giving that loving touch. And that's yeah. what it is because yeah. you're, you're healing them through right. your, your energy, but make sure when you're done, rinse your arms right up with cold water, shake it off, release that energy from you uh, before you go on your, with your day or to your next client. Yeah. I love that. And I'll tell you, I think that, that what, what Brad said about men, I mean, men are wired differently than women in that respect. Uh, men are more, well, obviously more visual in general, but we all are affected by touch. Um, but like he said, if, if, if it's someone who has been in a situation, could be a woman as well, where they weren't getting any loving touch in their lives, and then they find a therapist who gives them that, that's amazing. I'm not going to lie to you guys. <laughs> when my sister-in-law... Uh, or sister, she's really technically my sister-in-law, but I call her my sister Piper. She is a massage therapist, went through school and did all the things. And oh my God, she's so good at it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like, I'm like to my husband, can you just learn how to do that? <laughs> because it does feel so amazing. And there's no weirdness mm -hmm. like that with us, obviously, but it feels so good that I just like want to melt. I mean, oh my gosh, it's great. Anyway, yeah. I haven't had a massage in a really long time. No, I, I, yeah, and that's exactly, and that's the best way. Most of my clients are out within five to seven minutes just because they feel comfortable. They're very relaxed. And as I say, you don't need to be conscious. I mean, even when you're asleep, you know, you still get the benefits through your subconscious. Yeah, right? yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. All right. Let's see here. Um, Shannon says, hello, fellow empaths. Hey, girl. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> um, let's see here. Frankie Robertson says, Emily, continue to do the inner work. Sprinkle patience and pour when your cup is full. Oh, I love that, Frankie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I think taking the time for yourself, and that's what happened to me after my narc. I took my time for myself to build my self-esteem you know, build back my own power, you know, I mean, take, taking back the ground. I mean, obviously the enemy stole type thing and really knowing who you are. Cause if you know really who you are and that's part of the say, that's why I did the love letter thing, just because it really gets you in touch with who you were, who you are now and where you're going. And it gives you clear insight. So then you know who you are and, and it defines your core for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Okay, let's see here. Frankie Robertson. Okay, let's see. Doreen says, good morning, everybody. Uh, let's see here. Frankie says, pay attention for goodness sake. A great book by Sylvia Borstein in regards to mindfulness. Oh, cool. Thank you. Um, I'm trying to see if we have questions. Andrew says she loves the red one. One of her, wait, she loves the red, one of the favorite colors, one of her favorite colors, and yeah. it's her birthstone. Okay, uh -huh. so are you like a July baby? Is that a ruby, right? 
Is that right? Okay. Well, anyway, I know it changes in different places. Okay. Yeah. Yes, Frankie says red yeah. is the power color. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. um, Bonnie says best way to practice mindfulness. I like the idea about mindfulness in animals. That is so true. My suggestion on mindfulness yeah. is to start small. Um, if you find yourself off in your head, which I often do, um, <laughs> you you know, remember where you are. I, I told you guys before the four corners thing. Um, I anytime you look around the room, pick a color find all the things that color in the room, um, saying to yourself, nope, I now cancel that thought and replace it with this affirmation of my true divine desire. It's being aware of your current situation and your current circumstances. And I think how you're thinking and focusing. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, exactly. If you know your surround, and so many people, I guess we just get bombarded by so much stuff happening all the time. The radio's on, the TV's on, everything's going, you're being pulled in all different directions. It's very tough. A lot of times to stay focused and we have millions of thoughts, you know, per day, if not per, per second, where all this stuff, all this information is going through, how your process is going through. But yeah, you just have to slow everything down, you know, hold every thought captive, accept it or let it go and say replace. And the positive affirmations make such a big difference because if all this stuff is coming, you don't need to struggle with these thoughts that may not even be your own, but right. just always be in that moment you know, every moment. And the more you do it, the more you practice it. If you do meditation or there's a lots of other exercises to get you to be more mindful, you know, it'll be of, of benefit, but just things slow down and the cliche, slow down, smell the roses, you know, or smell the coffee. Yeah, <laughs> especially the coffee. <laughs> you know, kidding, but, like but, but with the coffee, I mean, coffee's great because it, it makes you alive. It gives you energy. It, it perks you like that scent just perks you, perks you up. Right. Yeah. So if you have something yeah. like a scent or something or something to remind you or the other way is to tie a little like friendship bracelet or a band or something around your finger to help you to remember to be mindful or to be in the moment yeah. all the time. So every time you look at that, whatever it may be, then it, it anchors you to be back in that present moment at all times. Love that. Yep, absolutely. Um, Tommy D says, knowing what I know about how hard it is to break soul ties, it is so much easier to prevent making new ones than it is to break them. I have extreme, I have, I've been extremely cautious in doing so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm with you on that. And it is mm. so much easier <laughs> to make new ones uh, or to prevent it than to actually have to break them for sure. Thoughts about exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you want to make sure, and we've talked about this before, I think one of the most important things, and for me, is it's cord cutting, because you need to like energetically release those people so new people can come in your life. But if new people come in your life and they're not meant to be there, you know, you can cut those cords right away and just kind of, you know, go the way that you're meant to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Deborah Ann Price says, hey, just starting watching you. Love your shows. You helped me survive a divorce hearing with a narcissist yesterday. Thank you so much, Deborah. I really appreciate that. And welcome to the tribe, tribe in this family. You know? <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you, Malta. Okay. Um, add a girl, Deborah Ann Price, says Frankie Robertson. Bonnie says, mindfulness is tuning into the moment. Hard to do with such a busy world these days. Yeah. And that's exactly why we have to do it because the world does sort of try to prevent us from thinking our own thoughts and being aware of our own selves and our surroundings. And, and so I think evolved souls such as empaths can be, we have a responsibility to mindfulness up to a point. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, I think even as empaths, we're kind of in a different world. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. though we're in this world, the world I think that we see as empaths is totally different than you know, what's, what's going on around us. Cause for me, I can make a choice by, I can get, you know, into social media, be all over. I understand it's important for business, but some people can get lost in social media by just, you know, they're in front of the computer for hours and they're absorbing all this stuff where I think in some ways with being mindful, it's being in the moment with other people. Sometimes with, you know, talking to a TV screen, you're talking to a, a fake persona that um, you're not really connecting. You're more antisocial on yeah. social networks than you are actually social with people. So it's about turning off the TV, turn off the radio, turn off the news, 
turn off your laptop or your computer for a period of time, go out, walk in nature. Cause I find for me, that's the best thing. And I think for empaths, it's one of the best things to go in nature, uh, spend time with your pets. Uh, we did a, an episode earlier, uh, a couple of back, if you want to, you know, with the different types of empath and it kind of really shows you, you know, what you really need, but the best way is kind of disconnect. I think by disconnecting, it helps you reconnect. Absolutely. You know, or, yeah. or a member, so to remember, so to become part of. So when you remember, you remember yourself into, you know, relationships with people. Absolutely. I totally agree with you 100%. Yes. Tiffany Petak says, thank you for responding to me and letting me know there's two sessions on Tuesday. My pleasure. Andrea Saunders says, still no contact and it feels good. Go girl. She said, I'm scared of being alone, but not ready for a relationship after three years apart. What's wrong with me? Not a damn thing is wrong with you, sister. Mm -mm. Nothing. Take your time and enjoy your life. I, I promise you when my husband I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to live longer than him because I have, I'm optimistic <laughs> and he's always like, I'm not going to, but anyway, I'm like, I'm going to live to be 117. That's it. So, um, when, or if he passes before me, um, I will never get married again. Mm. I promise you that never, never, not because I don't love him, but because mm -hmm. I don't want to do it again. It's too much work. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I have too many things in my head. I want to keep, I want to stay busy anyway. Um, so no, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I'm not saying I wouldn't be in some sort of relationship. I'm saying I would not get legally married again personally. Mm. Um, but yeah, nothing's wrong with you, Andrea. It's okay. Don't beat yourself up like that. Don't say what's wrong with me. Nothing. You're just not ready. It's okay. Take your time. Be yourself. Enjoy your life. And when you're ready, you'll you'll get the urge. You'll get the little pull. Ooh, I want to get some of that. Ooh, I like that guy or that girl or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Just be yourself, girl. It's okay. Yeah, right. exactly. You're gonna love. You're gonna love the solitude. You're gonna love the freedom that you now have. And solitude doesn't mean isolation. That's right. That's absolutely right. Because it's all about finding your perfect balance whatever that is some of us want to be around people all the time some of us need alone time every day you know uh, <laughs> I, i'm not saying that i don't love to be around people i do i'm around a lot of people a lot of the time but i also really need that private quiet time to recharge you know i think it's common for empaths so i you know if you spend too much time in a crowd or a group of people and you don't have any time to sort of recharge and reflect and find yourself again, find your center again. I personally don't, don't function as well. What about you, Brad? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's kind of where self-love comes in. So if yes. you're loving yourself, you're going to give yourself permission to have that time to say no to others, to say, and that's being mindful too. You're being mindful of listening to your body. When your body says, I can't do anymore. I can't keep doing this for people. I can't, and that's not being selfish. You know, you're being selfless by by giving yourself time and and spending that that time with yourself because if you don't love yourself you can't give love to others and if you don't um you know spend that time alone you're never going to fill that reservoir that you so deeply you so deeply need right, right. exactly that's right mm -hmm. yep um let's see here faith c is in the house hey faith she says hey angie be right in malta i look forward to the show all week ah she said <laughs> i don't think i could trust again I just went out somehow. I totally feel you. And again, don't rush it. I mean, if you're not ready, don't do it. You don't have to trust another person enough to marry them again or to stay in a relationship with them unless you want to. Like, I'm not saying that you, you shouldn't trust people. I'm saying eventually you're going to have to trust somebody. But that doesn't mean you have to allow them to live in your house or sleep in your bed or be in a relationship with them. You aren't required to do that. This is 2017. You know, we're allowed to do things on our own today. What do you think about that, Brad? Yeah, exactly. And that goes with the same, the topic today of being mindful. Because if you're mindful, then you know and you're aware of what's going on. Because one thing is when you've been in a relationship that where you believe you can no longer trust, what's going to happen is that trust is going to be tested again and again and again. So, but, but you can put somebody, somebody who honestly really loves you and cares about you, you can test them so much that they just end up walking away because yeah. then you're like, if I can't trust, I got to make sure if they do this, then I'll try it, then I'll try it. And then it's always something else, something else. So they're constantly being tested and they're going to say, this person doesn't love me. They don't trust me. And then you're not going to have even like any type of relationship. You know, I know it's tough and we've, we've been to Angie, myself and, and a lot of people on the, 
you know, in the audience today as well. Trust is one of the tough things, but one main thing you need to do is trust yourself, trust your gut, mm -hmm. you know, and let everything flow from there. Intuition, baby. That's what mm -hmm. it's all about. Yeah. Now, um, Sue Cronard says, please go over some misconceptions about what love is. So I would say the first biggest misconception is that it is unconditional, which I know sounds messed up. Um, but love between two people outside of a mother and a child or a father and a child, in my opinion, cannot be unconditional. I've seen one or two cases where it was. It's rare. Uh, but the fact is, you've got to have conditions on what you tolerate and what you don't. And so as adults, the, the honest to God truth, as painful as it is, is that we do not receive unconditional love, maybe from our kids. If we, but even then, we're, let's be honest, it's conditional because mm -hmm. if, we, if we abuse our children or if we throw them out of our house or if we hurt them in some way, they might not love us anymore. It's a fact. It sucks, but it's a fact. And, and you know, the only unconditional love, in my opinion, that you can ever have is the love of yourself. <laughs> you know, you can love yourself unconditionally. I certainly love my children unconditionally, but I don't think that because of what I was raised with and because of how life has gone, I don't think anyone has ever loved me unconditionally. I'm totally fine with it. But you know what I'm saying? I think we have to, it's a painful misconception that we should be loved unconditionally as adults. And I just don't think that we can do that unless we do it for ourselves. What do you think about that? Yeah, exactly. Another myth I want to talk about. So a lot of people think that because you're in a relationship, you're equally in love. And I think that's that's a myth because not everybody has some can love more than another. Some can love less. Some don't love at all. <laughs> and they're in a relationship. It's a relationship out of convenience. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And even a healthy relationship is going to have ebbs and flows, you know, um, where you're going to have sometimes where you feel totally madly, deeply in love, sometimes where you're like, what was I thinking? You know, <laughs> so I think it, it's just a knowing that even a healthy relationship can have ebbs and flows is really important. I think that people misunderstand. I know that I had this fairy tale idea in my head of what I was supposed to get when I got in love <laughs> and it doesn't work that way. So. No, and exactly. And are you in love? Or are you in lust? <laughs> exactly. That's another really good point. Uh, there are two different things. And and I think that that initial infatuation where you feel like, oh, my God, it's love at first sight, or you feel like you love them within a week or two or three of being with them or a month, it's infatuation. It's not, which is in lust it, it, or, you know, general infatuation. It's not really love. Love is when, in my opinion, <laughs> love is when you have heard the person fart you have smelled their poo in the bathroom, you have seen them vomit, and you still love them. Mm -hmm. That's love right there, people. Exactly. <laughs> <Bodily> functions. <laughs> exactly. But you see the real, you see real the real person. them, you see them without all their masks, you see them like no one else sees like their friends, their parents, anybody else, you're the one that's that's there, they're tight with them, and you feel comfortable enough. And you know that the love is there that if you, as I say, let one off or you know what I mean you're you don't have any makeup on so you know you go out for the evening you get home you take off the nails the lashes the makeup the weave the yes <laughs> they're still the gonna they're still gonna you know they're still gonna love you and that's what it is but love is work love yeah. like everybody has this fairy tale thing you grow right. up you get married you have a dog you have a picket fence you have 2.5 kids you make you know i mean that that's an illusion it's not reality and so many families are different from that now but but being in a relationship that's full of love is work it's about compromise it's about you know going to the ballet if your wife wants to go there it's about yes. going to monster trucks if your husband wants to go there it's not about well i don't or feel letting them like go it. by themselves if they want. exactly some i think sometimes guys yeah. need a guy night sometimes yes. girls need a good a girl night but for me personally i believe that each partner should have their own thoughts their own life separate and their own friends so yeah. when you get together you have something to talk about, you know what I mean? And if it's only a relationship based on physicality, I think eventually that's going to fizzle out. Eventually it will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, certainly you want to be sexually attracted to your partner, but you definitely need to have like way more than that. And, and it is possible for opposites to attract um, and, and it can work, but it's even more work than it would be if you were, you know, with somebody just like yourself. But then again, if you're with somebody just like yourself, your puzzle isn't always full like isn't always complete yeah. like 
this is not a romantic relationship, but my Melina, my business manager slash BFF, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like the opposite of me, but like this. So like mm-hmm. her, you know, her weak areas are my strong areas and vice versa. And so it works so well in our friendship as well as in our business or my business that she helps me in. And I help mm-hmm. her with her business more recently. So it, it but it's interesting, the, um, you know, sometimes it fits together like that. Now my husband and I, we're opposites, but but we have certain things in common and we just have a good time. I mean, it's, it's all about having a good time. So anyway, but we, there are hard times too, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. That was the misconception. The other misconception I wanted to, which Brad just said, it's not always easy. It's going to be hard sometimes. And that's a misconception that true love should always be simple and easy and obvious. And it's just not always in real life. It's not. Sometimes you have to work to get through the hard times and you have to go, compromise on things you think you shouldn't have to compromise on and put up with stuff you don't want to put up with but when you can when you could find more good in the relationship than bad or more positive than negative in how you feel about that person I think that's more like what you're you know, a lifelong love can look like because you're going to be annoyed with people in life. It happens. Even people you are in love with and you can be annoyed that they, you know, you can hear them chewing or <laughs> stupid stuff like that. But if, if that is outweighed by the good in that person and that person isn't abusing you or treating you like you don't deserve to be treated, then you can often work through that as adults. Is I don't know. Am I going too much? No, no, exactly. Because a lot of people come in, they seem wonderful when you get together, you get married, but all of a sudden now they come in, they're broken. They come in, they have baggage. Mm-hmm. You know, So that's part of the work part because right. they have to get through their stuff. And if you really love that person or that person really loves you, they're going to be there while you go through your stuff. And yeah, there's going to be some ugly days and you're going to say some words that you don't mean, but it's because you're, you're releasing all this stuff of all the years but that's where unconditional comes which is so tough because soon as somebody doesn't pick up the dry cleaning or didn't pick up the kids or didn't make breakfast or did something you're like well I don't love them right now so I'm going to treat them like crap but I mean in your head always think will this matter in five years will this matter in 10 years so is this argument even worth it chances are no yeah. Right. And and again, I want to clarify something. We're not talking about narcissists here because narcissists don't care how we feel and they make it very mm-hmm. painfully obvious. We're talking about when you're in a healthy relationship or a relatively healthy relationship, these things happen. When you're dealing with a narcissist, all bets are off because they certainly don't, they won't try to change anything for the better unless it's to make it better for themselves. They don't mm-hmm. care how you feel or how you're experiencing the relationship. Uh, uh, someone who cares about you and loves you enough to try to listen to you and try to you know compromise with you and create positive change in your relationship that's who we're talking about when we're having this conversation just to clarify right exactly (laughs) okay yeah have fun in the meantime frankie says and he says you are normal andrea look in the mirror this is what normalcy looks like you will only be ready when you are ready and only you will know that that's absolutely right all right and Ms. lily says the missing been missing a lot of shows because of work, but I will write those love letters today. Excellent, Lily. Excellent. And Frankie said miss last week. Well, you can still watch it if you want to, Frankie. Just go over to my uh, channel, uh, and on the front page, you will see the um, Empowered Empath. Actually, I think it actually still says Empath Show with Brad and Angie, because <laughs> we didn't have a final when I made that list. Yeah. But you'll, you'll be able to see all the episodes there, and I'll be adding this one to it today as well. Um, and they do stay public. They don't go unlisted. Like my usual live streams, I unlist them, and I just put them on a playlist. But I leave these public because we do content at the beginning, so it makes more sense. Uh, anyway, um, let's see here. Frankie Robertson says, inner child, present self, and future self. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. He's excited. Uh, okay. Prakara says, good morning, Angie. Darwin said, it's not the strongest or the fastest of the species that survives, but the most adaptable. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. He says, do you think narcissism is an an adaptation to fit into the increasingly selfish and mean world? You know what I think? No. (laughs) Uh, Maybe. But uh, no, I think narcissism is created by injury in childhood of the emotional or physical extreme physical nature i think that it is created by a person who isn't given proper support and who may or may not have been overindulged financially and materially in some ways but not always um but i think it's primarily a person who has not been taught empathy or who has not chosen to learn or accept empathy 
and maybe their brains are different. Their brains develop differently because we have noted, science has found that the, the part of their brain that controls empathy is thinner than the part of other people's brains <laughs> that controls empathy. So that's something too. Um, but I maybe, but I mean, I think certainly as an empath, sometimes I feel like I don't fit into this world. So maybe you're right, but I think it would not be a positive adaptation. I think it would be a negative one in my opinion. I don't know. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Of course. I think sometimes too, it can be innate or it could be a face that they use as a protection mechanism mm -hmm. from being hurt, from being this, from being that. Because for me personally, once I exposed my narc and got rid of all those masks, I saw who that person really was, who was a little child, who was damaged, who like, and all that stuff, all that stuff came out. Yeah. Right. Because when I stood up for myself, but I don't recommend just standing up for yourself, but you need a plan of action, you know, first, but I think it's there. And it is like Angie says, it is a, a mechanism that they utilize, but as I say, they have no feeling. I think they just become dead inside. Yeah. So they don't care about you. They don't care about, I mean, as long as you're still applying for them, they're fine. And even if you're supplying, they're still finding other supply sources while you're supplying, you know, for them as well. Yeah. It's mm. just not even worth it, in my opinion. Mm -mm. I mean, to, to try to have a healthy relationship with one because it doesn't, they don't have healthy relationships. And no, and, it, and exactly. And as empaths, we think we can heal them. We can, we can put that bandaid on. We can, you know, they had such a bad life and this and that, and all the people they dated were awful and they're the victim. And we think, oh, we'll help you. Mm -hmm. And we give and we give and we get drained, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, over and, and, and then, over again. Exactly. And they never get full. They're an empty hole of nothing. So, yeah. Uh, Shelly Thomas says, cultivating mindfulness is challenging but crucial in my healing pro process. Absolutely. Shannon O'Brien says, first relationship after ex-husband, I intentionally chose a person I didn't intend to get serious with. Just go on dates and have fun. A person who I knew was looking for that same thing. I did that as well. I did some of that as well. Mm -hmm. She says, PX, no sex. Agreed. Yeah. No, exactly. And like we mentioned last week, I mean, meetup.com, right? If you want to go bowling, you want to play golf, you want to hike, you know, they're not hookups. They're so groups. I mean, you can go yeah. and you can meet people with same interests. And yes, if something develops from there because of your mutual interest, great. But it's not like you're going on a dating site for, for hooking up. But right. It, but it's a great way just to get yourself out there. Yeah, you know, is. if you're scared about dating, then just let stuff happen organically and mm -hmm. just let it flow whatever way it's going to flow and without you know, thinking about it. Don't worry about the how. Yeah. yeah. And meet new friends of, you know, that you're not interested in romantically, new friends of the same sex or the opposite sex or whatever, but who you're not into romantically uh, so that you could, you know, maybe meet other single people that just want to stay single for a while or meet people to join a bowling team with sometimes just socializing with um in a platonic way is just perfect for us you know as we're moving forward uh so i totally agree bonnie says yes i can be friendly talking to a male but often they will take it, take it as flirting i don't know sure and and that's common it's probably because <laughs> you're hot you can't help it happens to me too exactly. um yeah. i've been very there was one situation in particular where I got really upset because a friend of mine was uh, releasing a CD or something he had done. And I, I had been talking with him about marketing it and helping him. And I thought we were having some really intelligent conversations. So I went to his opening CD drop party or whatever they called it, album drop party or whatever. And um, my husband didn't go with me because he was staying home with the kids. And <laughs> After the, the the event, the person walked me to my car. I was not the best part of town, and um and said, asked me for something that was very inappropriate to ask a married woman, whose house he had been inside of and sat at the same table with her husband. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> and uh, I was shocked and upset, and I cried about it for like three days because I was so hurt that he would think that I was doing anything other than trying to be his supportive friend. So <clears throat> I went home and told my husband. Excuse me about the cough. And, uh, you know, we, we handled it, but it, it was a very shocking and upsetting thing. So I know as a woman, Bonnie, it's hard when you are trying to just be friendly to a person or kind to a person and they misunderstand you and they say or do something that is horribly offensive as a result of it. But I, I again, I have to look at it and go, okay, that person's mind is not capable of understanding beyond um, what it is. And I, I guess I give that person too much credit. 
you know, in Mike's situation. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what do you think about that, Brad? You're a man. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think for most guys, because I can't speak for all, but I think most guys fall in love way too easy. <laughs> they, they don't really like going through the relationship courting part. They just want to be in a relationship and, and it's pretty much it. And, and the funny thing with guys too, they like all kinds of sex talk. It's just, that's the way they are. And they think it really impresses women, but we know it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I, not especially, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, I don't think any of our dudes in here today would do this, but and I know that there's different generations and stuff like this with different opinions, but seriously, dick pics, come on. Unless somebody asks you to please send them a picture of your manhood, please don't. Public <laughs> service announcement. Okay. Exactly. I was on Snapchat and I got one. <laughs> See? <laughs> I'm like, what the? No, I don't know. I just deleted and blocked. That's all you can and block. Do. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and, you know, I'm 42. So like maybe I'm older than a lot of y'all are. I don't know. But like back in my day, we didn't do that. Okay. We didn't have those though. Okay. <laughs> back then you'd have to have your photo developed by a Walmart or something. Oh yeah. And as the things are striming up and they see the prints coming off, you want to sure. Yeah. You make sure you have nothing on there. You don't want anyone else to see. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. Oh gosh. Okay. I'm going to, we're going to answer one or two more. Then we're going to wrap up. We're a little over time. Freedom Lee says, I know, right. <laughs> it goes fast. <laughs> Freedom Lee says looking good in your red. Thank you. Huh? Yeah. And, <laughs> and she says I would like a relationship but I started imagining all the good at first and then started thinking of all the craziness how it can happen like with the ex-narc not sure how to get past this she said well it's a process and and you know under educating yourself you're already on the right path you're educating yourself about narcissism and how to avoid it and prevent it and how but I think the biggest most important thing you can do is really focus on that self-love and focus on having high standards for yourself. I'm not talking about, oh, I will only date a guy who looks like a model. No, I'm talking about having high standards for yourself on what you accept from the person on the inside. You know what I'm saying? The emotional aspect of it, the the personal aspect. How do they treat you? How do they, you know, and, and do not accept any less than you deserve, I think is what it comes down to. And we all deserve to be loved and respected and to not feel scared and to not feel overwhelmed or minimized or invalidated every day. We all deserve to be treated with love and respect. And once we learn to do that for ourselves, we will also not accept any less from anyone else. And I think that's the most important thing. Brad? Exactly. Continue to think about the good. Don't think about the bad. Just let it go. Because the more positive you think, the more concrete that positive, you know, uh, reinforcement is going to come in for you. So if you're in a positive light, you'll see what's not positive and you can just let it go and you know which way. But yeah, always just stay positive and just look to the light. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And Ms. Lily, I will be adding um, some more information about the 30-day challenge in that teachable link that Malta gave you. I got a little distracted, but I'll fix it up for you guys <laughs> in the next few days. All right. Let's see here. All right. We're going to do one more. Frankie Robert. Uh, and Andrea says, Frankie Robertson, thank you so much. I needed that. Okay, cool. Enjoy your freedom. Yeah, girl, enjoy your freedom. Doreen says, Angie, my question about love is how do you mourn something that you never really had? Ooh. Mm. Or resolve the cognitive dissonance about who and what the person was, especially when you still live with them. It is difficult, but it is possible. Uh, for me, I had to, and living with him is, is difficult, but for me, I had to, I mourned the person that I wished I had had, the parent that I wished I had had, specifically is what I'm thinking about, um, like a death almost. I was devastated. I felt like I wanted to die. I felt like I couldn't believe that all of these years I was wrong. And I thought, I thought I was the crazy one and I was the bad one. Uh, when I realized what was really happening, I went through a, a period of mourning very much like a death. And then once I got through that, I was okay. So I think going through it now, it's going to be really hard when you're still living with them, but I think it's accepting the fact that they are not who you believed that they were and continuing to, while you're still in the situation, you have the ability to continue to watch that person and see they don't change, they never gonna change, they never were gonna change. But 
I, in my situation, I, I remembered and, and I went through a phase of rethinking everything that I thought was true. I went through a phase of rethinking what was it that I was, that I believed and how much of those things were my beliefs or were they perceptions that were stuck in my head by someone else? That would be my suggestion on that is just to focus on self-love, self-healing and understanding that you're going to go through the stages of grief that are almost identical to the stages of death after when someone in your life dies, the grief that you go through with that. And then Malta, I don't know if you can find my video on um, stages of grief, but if you could, that would be great for Doreen. Um, B-Red, any thoughts? Yeah, just a little, just to be a little bit of a catalyst. Um, for me, are you actually mourning them or, or are you mourning the memories that your mind created with and about them? Right. The person you thought they were or the idea of what, yeah, mm -hmm. totally agree. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're getting ready to wrap up, guys, because we both have other stuffs to do today. But I will be back, <laughs> but I will be back here with you at 1 p.m. Central Time for our usual support session. So please do come back and see me for that. Um, be red as always. I've loved having you today. Thank you yep. so much. Thoughts? Love being here. Yep. And I love all you guys. Thanks for being here for me. Now every Tuesday for me is like being at home with my family. I love talking with all you guys. You know, um, Angie has a special place in my heart and always will. I love seeing her every week. And so join us next week for another exciting episode. And who knows what it's going to be. Back Never know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. And as always, thank you for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And thanks for letting me be a part of yours. I'll see you soon. All right. We're closing her up. <laughs> if I can find the thing. We're really going eventually. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> hey, I love your podcast. I just got a chance to tune in. I'm actually a celebrity hairstylist too. My name is Cherie Slight. I would love to be a guest on your show. Um, please let me know how I need to get in touch with you so we can set this up. Thank you and look forward to hearing from you.